at the end of the day, you know, I was then poached away from from the, from Campbell's to work in Mother Parker's with again a relationship that I had with a with a, a friend and a and a, a great leader uh, at, for Mother Parker's, which I knew from Starbucks. So she's right. the vice president, currently the CMO at uh, Mother Parker's, who who thought highly of me and and uh, got me over there uh, for the last year. So sometimes again, you know, you make choices and you do your best while you're in that role. But you know, I guess it ties to keeping quality and, and transparent relationships, I guess, or, or honest relationships, making good uh, on, on what you stand for. And, and that pays dividends in the end, uh, because it isn't just who you know, but what they think of you, right? At the end of the day, to find, uh, to find the right opportunities in the future. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Wow, we've got an amazing um, gentleman on the podcast today. Presently, uh, Jeff Chu is the senior manager, customer marketing, Mother Parker's T. He has worked at Campbell Soup Company, uh, Starbucks, Johnson and Johnson, Coca Cola, P and G, and so as a graduate of uh, Wilfrid Laurier and our program, the Student Works Management Program, uh, Jeff uh, has spent most of his career in consumer packaging goods or CPG industry, and we just had a fantastic conversation um, about the reasons why Jeff made the choices he made to pursue different things, uh, the advantage of. Uh, and, and disadvantages of co-op versus continuing in our program, all the value he took from student works management program, you know, 17 years ago. And uh, it's, it's something that you're really going to love. Uh, and I really appreciate in the, uh, the crazy, crazy Ooh. hard work and uh, jam schedule that Jeff leads that he made some time for us today uh, for our podcast. So you know what we're up to, and that is developing amazing young leaders like Jeff Chu. Um, that's that's what I'm up to. That's my life's work. So if you know any amazing people who want to really have lives of contribution and of learning and of growth, um, then please send them our way. You can shoot me an email at chris at leaderspodcast.ca about anything about the podcast or someone you may know. You could share the podcast. You could have people go to leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And most importantly, please listen to the pod, enjoy all of it, and uh, have a fantastic day. Thanks so much. So Jeff, thank you so much for joining us on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My pleasure. Great to be here with you. It, it is awesome. And I know I had the pleasure of working directly with you back in the day. I guess it was one of those years where I actually went back and, and, and grabbed the full team and worked with them and it was really awesome. Uh, just my experience of working with you, and uh, it's been a real, real while since we've been able to sit down and chat for a lengthy period of time. 
Absolutely. I guess you just dated the number of years we don't each other, I guess, then when you were yeah. as had gone and uh, about 17 years ago, I think it, it would be around and uh, yeah. and uh, lots have happened for both of us. So it's a great. Yeah, lots of lots of progress. And I know we caught each other at a, an amazing Raptor game a little while ago, which was crazy. And uh, it's really awesome to have you take some time out of your crazy schedule to come join us. So I want to sort of bring you back to just you know, before, before I, I remember our interview back at uh, Williams Cafe, back at Laurier, um, you know, what were you like or before our program? What, were, what was Jeff Chu like? Huh, going way back, way back to the first year of university and then even in, out of high school. Yeah, high school. Yeah. I was ambitious, I guess you would say. You know, I finished high school uh, a term early and I started working at the time at Clerica and business marketing assistant. I wanted always to put myself in a good position to have a leg up, right? To succeed and to learn more within the time I was, I, was, I had available. Um, and at university, I did very similar things. Class was part of it, a small part. I would have, have prioritized other business organizations, volunteering, and, you know, the student works program. When that started, you know, probably, you know, five months into the university first year, right? awareness of what the program was about, and then really understanding whether I would be game for able, being able to make this a success. So trying to think back, like, did you have any big frustrations as, as, as a teenager before you started your business or, or things that were frustrating you? And, and you know, um, I mean, I tried a lot of different jobs. I started as a telemarketer for a good 10 months, you know, okay. that was, uh, I stayed the game, right. Trying to really, you know, again, at that point was making money, you know, when people right. were making seven bucks an hour or whatever, um, I was able to make a good, you know, twice that much, uh, through, you know, the windows and door sales, uh, calls I was making, um, and a host of other things, you know, being a server or a waiter, um, barista and, and all kinds of things just to kind of trial, uh, and, and get that experience of what I enjoyed, you know, how to interact and have customer service, um, some from frustrating ch- challenges in that sort of world in terms of, you know, how to deal with people. Right. And that was uh, something I learned on really early on. Um, but otherwise, uh, you know, I was fortunate in my kind of upbringing, uh, had the opportunity to go to a good university and um, got some good opportunities with with kind of part-time gigs and so on that I didn't think I, I had too many major, you know, ch- challenges or roadblocks along the or way. Frustrations. Okay, great. And so what do you still rely on from the program, Jeff? There's a lot of, of really fundamental things, I think, that I was able to, you know, develop and learn as an introduction and really refine over the number of years uh, since. I think the system and a structure for training, you know, and I re- refer to a lot of different small things, but estimating, you know, cold calling, fax blasts at the time and, um, you know, training and and, and the crews, right. And managing your time, their time, uh, hiring and interviewing. So to me, those were all things that were were newer to me at the time. And I I would say I very much leveraged those over the years past. Absolutely. And I know one thing as well, it's certainly my sense is that you leveraged is, is also, you know, you really uh, had a great network of people that you worked with and, and they they were both, they were student works people. They were also Laurier people. And that's mm-hmm. something as well that you really, you know, you just still keep in touch with a bunch of those amazing people. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think those, uh, those friends I made uh, at Laurier in the student works program and outside of student, outside of Laurier, but in the student works program, I've, uh, I've kept an eye on and or kept in touch with closely mm-hmm. uh, within my year. Uh, and I think it's just a, it's a path of maturing or, or, you know, going into battle together a little bit and, and becoming yeah. this sort of alliance, uh, having common ground of experiencing something challenging, enriching, uh, 
full of, you know, again, sort of self-discovery to some degree, being a little esoteric, sure. but, you know, business skills building, which, which is very much, um, you know, fundamental in, in a lot of the things that we endeavored on afterwards in very different paths. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I know you had an amazing summer with us, um, you know, and you, uh, Laurier has this amazing co-op program and you sort of said, Hey, I'm going to take this. And I, and I went co-op opportunity. And I know I, w- I asked you before the pod, but I was just wondering, like, it'd be great for you to compare and contrast with mm-hmm. some history upon two really great choices, continuing on in the program and going on with Laurier and the, and the, the co-op opportunities that you went and did or and that still are available. Right. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a really great thought-provoking uh, question that you shared, you know, mm-hmm. continuing a year two, three, and four with the Student Works program. Yeah. Um, Versus, you know, going to Laurier, having the co-op options with, you know, more corporate type of roles. To me, the yeah. difference is, is mainly in, in really that, the different uh, choice that you have to make. In the Student Works program that I learned in the first year, you know, you work hard, you get really well rewarded uh, financially. And uh, in the skills that you're able to really undertake from a business fundamental standpoint, right? Like I mentioned, estimating people meet management and hiring um, so a lot of really, really valuable business management, business ownership skills. And I took the path not to continue that fantastic uh, mm-hmm. experience after year one to go into a co-op experience. So for me, you know, that was, you know, as I look back now, fairly, you know, the things you need to do to succeed in in being political, having the right names on your resume. And I was fortunate enough to land a few great uh, recognizable um, job opportunities within my three co-op terms. Right. So looking back, you know, it's a, it's, it's kind of you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, both excellent <laughs> options. Uh, and, yeah. and I, you know, looking back, think uh, that I was able to get the best of both worlds, being able to experience student works uh, in the first year and then co-op for the next three terms. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things is, I think you're right, is best of both worlds is really good people who work hard, who are developing the right habits and developing, you know, uh, the right mindsets. They win. Yeah. <laughs> so right. so it's one thing I always like to say is I not always, but I said before, I, I'd love to live a bunch of these things called life yeah. and, uh, you know, and go, oh, hey, what if I took it? They're taking that path. What yeah. have I taken that path? You know, so so it's kind of a neat neat look. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So why don't you walk us through sort of the career path that you took post Laurier and, and, you know, why don't we sort of start walking down there? And, and by the way, Jeff, first of all, our leaders, we're largely talking to 20 year olds and our leaders are kind of going, what type of choices might I make and what type of choices and why do, you know, smart people like you go the directions you're going and what's, what's happening. So those are some of it, um, why we're having this, we, we walk through it like this. You know, it's it's great for I'm happy and, and, and humbled to be able to share some of the things that I've learned over the last, you know, 15 or 17 years since graduating or whatnot. The story is really kind of simple. You know, after Student Works uh, and, and having that experience, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And right. um, I guess one of the thoughts I had uh, was, how do you be an entrepreneur if you can't sell? So, right. you know, I ended up going down the path to work in a big company at Procter & Gamble, a lot of school. And uh, I was a sales ma- account manager and there learned lots of great fundamentals of, of business and, and consumer packaged goods, product sales. And, you know, what's interesting, you know, good, kind of jumping ahead a little bit, you look into the first choice you make out of school and, and you can definitely make changes, but there is a certain path you get set on. You betcha. Um, and, and, you know, for me, after 15 years, there's been a number of, of veering offs. But I've stayed a large part of it, uh, you know, 13 of those 15 years in CPG or in consumer packaged goods and great companies, um, but in a sales or sales strategy role at, at companies after like 
Coca-Cola, um, Johnson and Johnson, uh, Campbell's Soup, and then now Mother Parker's Coffee and Tea. You know, in between each of these experiences, I'll share. Um, I I left PNG after three years, and and then I started into a much smaller entrepreneurial um, opportunity with Stafita Wedding Invitations, which is my sister's uh, small business at the time, just about a million dollars right. of sales. And I opened up a, a studio for them in San Diego and in Los Angeles, like highly populous affluent markets. Um, so I worked about six months there, and I realized, you know, as a, as a learning. Entrepreneurship's hard, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what might happen uh, from a market standpoint, from a consumer standpoint. And when you walk the walk, you'll you you really end up building uh, a little bit more of that call it experience and uh, uh, life wise and business wise that uh, is invaluable. You just don't you can't replace it with anything in school. Uh, you mm-hmm. really got to live it. So. So to, for me, that was a great experience, a test run sort of in entrepreneurship. But then I veered back into, you know, kind of the safe confounds of Coca-Cola, great yes. company, um, you know, yes. um, good reputation and so on. So that's kind of a little bit jumping around, but wanted to share, you know, there's no one linear path, I don't think, yes. in, no. in a career. But I think in each of the opportunities that I was uh, afforded and, and took on, you know, it was, it was intentional, you know, um, you need to find out what makes you tick, what, what really fits in your uh, strengths and uh, your preferences for work and, and culture. And, you know, after Coke, I went to uh, the UK for a year and worked at Johnson & Johnson uh, selling to Boots Pharmacy. So for me, again, that was just before having kids and having, you know, being married and uh, a lot of the grown-up things like a mortgage. <laughs> um, and, and we had a great year, you know, my, my wife now, you know, my girlfriend at the time, and I went to the UK, traveled for a year, uh, worked, you know, um, and we made a made a living by just you know again working and leveraging the skills we acquired over the first six or seven years of our of our working lives, right? right. So so again, all that is is intentional. It's not like anyone else is necessarily going to do that. But I think yes. there's a lot of uh, of richness in traveling, of course, cultures. Um, you know, again, working in different countries is is going to help you round out your ability to adapt. Again, is one of the biggest things that I think is important. Yeah, and and it's interesting as well as is that I always like to say where I spend my money is what I think is important. Mm-hmm. So I like you, Jeff, have spent a bunch of money on travel and experiential experiences, and I like to dine out. I spent a lot on education, mine and my children's, and 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 you know, in our companies, and and so it's like okay, that's really what we value, you know, and and so that there is something to sort of say, and those choices mean that. Maybe I have less money in the bank than I would have otherwise. And and again, you know, we get to choose yeah. what what do we want. And, you know, so so there's no one path through this world, right? You know, that this is the right thing to do. And you you made, like you said, you were firm in the decision you made. And I love as well, by the way, just how, you know, you're 100% responsible, right? Sure. And you get it, right? And you got that. You yeah. get that. Like, yeah. you know, these are the choices I made, right? I, I, you know, as you're saying this again, it's been a year, years from now from our first conversations and, and me living the philosophies, you know, of Student Works program. But I remember for years after, uh, four letters on my phone was always G O Y A, you know, yeah. Go, yeah, get off your ass. Um, and, and choose was it the set yeah. underneath that? You can choose what you want to do. Um, yeah. You know, and for me, that stuck with me for years. Um, just, I mean, not just get, you know, get off your butt, but it's, no, you can easily be complacent as, as we yeah. all at times uh, become. And, you know, that is a choice you can make, but also when you do really kind of light a fire and, or, you know, have a passion for something that's meaningful and enriching, you know, you are innately going to be motivated to get there. Yeah. And it's, well, yes, it's Goya, but to me it's (laughs) action. Like that's the biggest thing is for me, action. What am I going to choose today? Hey, maybe I'm going to choose 
go to the gym and go for a walk with my dog and hang out with my, my wife and, you know, and, and just uh, go to a great dinner party at night with my friends. Right. Like there's, so there's no activity that's going to make me any money that day. No, whatever I'm choosing. Those are my actions and, and my actions are going to create my life. So that's really, again, what I think successful people have is just that action orientation Mm -hmm. and, uh, and let's go make action steps. And, and it's, and it's interesting because you're showing in your career that at one point, Hey, I kind of made a quality of life action step, sure. right? And, and and then again, you're still moving forward in your career, but there was there was a bunch of quality of life that you and your wife considered. Yep, that wouldn't change it, in a, you know, for for money or, or anything else. Experience yeah. for me is highly valued for sure. Uh, yeah. And yeah, again, action. You know, a lot of folks have shared that my my leadership style is very much a bias to action. Um, and again, it's just because it's a good fit, and that's why I think I thrived and and was very uh, much a fit for the Student Works program. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if had the success you've had. So, so you moved on to Starbucks. So tell us about Starbucks and what you learned in that role. You were there for a long time. You're there for five years. Yeah. I like that. You said it's a long time nowadays. People are like, well, I mean, you got to stay a long time. I think it's those things of of that nature to stay at a company for, for your whole career are a thing of the past, I think, but you're right. Five and a half, six years at Starbucks. Um, for me, that was an extremely enriching corporate experience. Um, right. Starbucks, as, as everyone knows, it is a retail cafe, of course. Um, but the work uh, that I did there was, again, in the consumer products division. So the grocery stores, Walmarts, Loblaws, and, okay. and the like in Canada, leading the uh, strategy and planning sort of for um, you know the marketing program that li- links to the sales program uh, to go to market, right? So in consumer packaged goods, there's, you know, marketing sales, and then there's the folks in between and trade marketing. So I headed that part up and it was great. You know, we were a team of three when I started there. And after five or six years, we grew to a team of 14. You know, we quadrupled or more than the revenues and profitability for the organization. And we built, and for me, I was able to build out various um, functions like shopper marketing and category development or category management, as well as sales strategy. So for me, it was great in that we were under a globally known and beloved brand, but it was extremely scrappy, a team of three, like I mentioned, awesome. going to market awesome. with a broker. Um, yeah. And so for me, again, it was a, it was a good um, opportunity where you can find that sort of magic or that unicorn where you can work within a the safer compounds of uh, confines of a, of a yeah. organization that's global with deep, with deep pockets, but be able to test and really st- strut your entrepreneurial skills to lay the groundwork to build something from nothing. So for me, that's what yeah. I define as entrepreneurship. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things as well is, is that I really think as well, people naturally, I don't think should feel patient to sort of say, hey, I'm going to wait my turn. Right. Like there's no question that had you waited at Starbucks, there would have been a really great opportunity for you, mm-hmm. um, you know, over time. But, you know, the best opportunity would be to go and look in the marketplace and, hey, when does somebody else in this in a similar space have an opportunity for Jeff that's going to serve my needs and, and, and my development and financial needs and everything? That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, for me, and I guess, you know, to share sort of the path there after five years, it's a long, quite a long period for me anyway. Um, yeah. At the end of it, I I stayed within the organization, but in a totally different function. So after five years or thereabouts in the consumer packaged goods, I really wanted to know what the heartbeat of the business would be, which is right. the retail operational world. So I took a bit of a leap of faith and uh, I took a bit of a risk, we'll call it, right. um, transferring into the operational world as a, as a district manager or a regional director. Um, completely out of my comfort zone, we'll call it. And and it didn't right. work out, I'll say, you know. Oh, 
But okay. I was at a store, you know, really, really working hard, you know, like uh, garbage duty and everything else. And, uh, you know, training from a barista to be a shift, shift supervisor to a store manager and then a, and then a district manager and regional director following. And, you know, sometimes you got to, again, like I said, and then my philosophy of trying it to know really what it's like, you got to jump in with both feet. And so I did that, realized like the key success there is, you know, things like five-star cleanliness, like in every given part of the day, uh, you know, when anyone came to the pastry case, there could not be any, you know, fingerprints on it. And, and, and then people, people touch that all the time or the doors or whatever it might be. And, and I just wasn't wired to, to notice the absolutely little bitty things that uh, you need to, you know, you need to have a keen eye for as an operator. So for me, I didn't take joy in, in that personally, you know, seeing all the little, little smaller things in my view um, that really laddered up to the, the right character to succeed in that role. So I ended up parting ways to Starbucks on good terms. Of course, I would be the right person for that type of a role after experiencing it. So, you know, to me, I guess you can call that a failure, but I, I don't see it that way in as much as a life experience as, as a way I took it. Well, I think that's so fantastic. Thanks for sharing that story. And I would totally not be excellent in that role, right? <laughs> like, like you know, I I am so about people yeah. and not about things. And yeah. I know we sort of, with people around me, share lots of funny things. And my wife, which is wonderful, and our partner and our CEO is very powerful around things, yeah. you know, and of course she's still really great coach and interpersonally strong, but, but anyhow, it's, it's like, having that different eye for things, right? Yeah. Like that, like, and, and now that you mentioned it too, I'm a big Starbucks customer. So <laughs> things are just amazing all the time. My wife's an interior designer. So everything looks fantastic in our home all the time, <laughs> right. you know, and by the way, I'm, I'm good at keeping things neat and tidy, but not like that, not like what you're saying. And, and you just see how that would make such a difference. Absolutely. And I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, they are manically obsessed. You know, they at Starbucks retail operations, they are obsessed with every detail, you know, uh, of, of cleanliness to food handling to, you know, the things that you'd want to, the, of to them to yes. be concerned about, you know, and, and the probably the highest moniker, which, which, you know, I was, wasn't a barrier for me, but the customer experience. Yes. Yeah. The, the organization at the time, and they still strive to make that experience that you're, you know, buying your coffee, be the best experience of your day. That's their goal. Which, you know, literally I feel is actually impossible, but it was, you know, it was what they were striving for, right? Better than my kids, better than, you know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know, but, you know. uh, It's kind of sad. It's (laughs) it's kind of. But anyhow, I get it. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, uh, you know, so it was something that I I felt like, you know, it wasn't the way way that I was, uh, you know, uh, knitted. Wired. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Fabric is, you know, again, wasn't the way that I was, I was um, made. And, and so identifying that, you know, giving it a, a, a real earnest uh, effort uh, you know there's, there's some good experiences there right just for anyone that want to know you know getting up uh, stores don't open at 9 a.m they open at 5 yes. 30 and you got to be there at 4 30 so you know when a Whoa. supervisor is hung over and can't show up um you're you're the next one on the call <laughs> to show wow. up to the store at five o'clock to open the doors so again just again a different um kind of cycle and, and uh, responsibility and, and t- tone to the work right. experience Hey leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast 
interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. And so for our leaders as well, you know, when they're looking at roles, really looking at what are the key success factors that make people successful in this role? Like, that's a really great question. You know, what makes, you know, so it's like real, because again, when work is something that we're literally called to do and we love to do, and we're really wired to do, it's like you and your action orientation that, you know, it's like, Hey, um, it's easy to do that role for us. Right. But, but if it's something against our train or it doesn't work, then we're going to, we're, we're just not going to be successful. We're going to want to jump someplace else. You got it. Um, and it's, and it starts with a lot of these things everyone's heard about, I think self-awareness, right. It's about figuring out what are you good at? What are you not that good at? And, uh, what do you really like? And what, do you yeah. like at all the, the more honest i think i was able to be with myself on that the better yeah. i was able to evaluate a fit you hear that as well all the time about you know viewing yeah. the interviewer when you're applying for a job and it's you know legitimate for me it's completely uh literal because if you end up fooling them and and, and doing a great yes. job on the interview <laughs> and then you're not yourself you're really just kind of being this other person that you know that that's what they want you're smart about it great uh you'll end up probably spending a year six months or two years however long that uh, you can stand that sort of non-fit uh in terms of an environment and and there's something to learn from that but also it's you knew that from the get-go because you weren't yourself yeah. during the interview and you just took it anyway so i think to me it's uh and i've experienced that a few times where you know you just know that that there isn't a perfect match here, but you you know there's nothing wrong with getting all the way to the final and then choosing not to accept the offer. Yes, that's how I I would say the approach you know can be so that you have yeah. the choice to play the cards you want. Yeah, no, and that type of ability takes confidence, takes good financial management. Meaning, so when I'm coming to the end of the final, I've I've got a job or I've got money in the bank and and you know etc. I've got confidence in my skills. I've got money, so it's not like I I have to take the job because we make better choices that way. Our life's better when when yeah. we're in those circumstances. So absolutely, you moved to Campbell Soup. So tell us about Campbell Soup. What you learned there? Yeah, Campbell Soup was uh, you know for me one of those uh, as it's good kind of segue to something that I didn't really think it was as passionate about, you know, for me, I, um, left Starbucks without having landed the next job, took a little bit of time, uh, traveling and, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, visiting from friends abroad in Hawaii and other places. And, uh, and this was like the second offer that I was, I was offered. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, for me, I think what I chose there was, was exactly what it turned out to be a bit of a cushy job. So, right. you know, again, not, not speaking of poorly of any company, but different cultures. Um, it was a, there was a sizable team there and I, I had the opportunity to lead the, the soup strategy business, which is the bread and butter for Campbell's. So good opportunity, right. um, still, but for me, uh, you know, I only spent a year there. There was a lot of, you know, internal, Turmoil, we can call it. There was there was an attempt for a board takeover. Okay. And I've never experienced that, you know, a publicly traded company, but in the U.S., there was a, a lot of things well beyond my control. And at the end of the day, you know, I was then poached away from from the, from Campbell's to work at Mother Parker's with again a relationship that I had with a with a, a friend and a and a 
a great leader uh, at, from Mother's Parkers, which I knew from Starbucks. So she's right. the vice president, currently the CMO at uh, Mother Parkers, who who thought highly of me and, and uh, got me over there uh, for the last year. So sometimes, again, you know, you make choices and you do your best while you're in that role. But, you know, I guess it ties to keeping quality and, and transparent relationships, I guess, or, or honest relationships, making good uh, on, on what you stand for. And, and that pays dividends in the end, uh, because it isn't just who you know, but what they think of you, right? At the end of the day, to find, uh, to find the right opportunities in the future. Absolutely. Something we coach, Jeff. Oh, is that right? (laughs) (laughs) So relationships are everything. And just, you know, know, getting that, hey, you know, that's, and that's one thing that happens. Not only do people move more often, but senior people move more often. A good chance she was poached by Starbucks, you know, at Mother, you know, from Starbucks here, come on over here and take this more senior role. And we really need you. And, and then again, one of the things that she has is she has, access to other really amazing talent and knows where it is. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of how these, um, you know, the, the, the competition wars with these major companies, yeah. not just about what happens on the store shelf or in the offices competing for clients. No, it happens with the staff is the most important thing because the, the key people are really what's going to drive it, the business. Yeah. Isn't it? Absolutely. You're absolutely right. You know, you see executives building their own teams. Right. And, and that's, yeah. that's again, some, some of these things, I guess, really, you know, I, I act surprised by relationships, but of course that was something that we learned, you know, at the yes. uh, no. but you know, it's, it's life skills, right. And it's, um, you know, yeah. you build your own team. You hire the people that you know and trust, uh, whether yeah. it's your, your team or your customers, you know, I still remember a key, again, a key closing phrase is a transfer of trust being yes. able to, you know, again, get that customer to assign to, to give you the deposit for the actual, you know, job. Um, it, it plays out time and time again in life that, relationships are transfers of trusts and and sales are transfers of trust so yep. you know you need to be again like i said earnest and and transparent and and true to who you are so that you don't need to figure out which lies you've told or whatnot you know to try to yeah <laughs> tell them the, tell them the truth all the time right yeah for right. sure yeah and i know that's true for you and and it's also you know i guess also with customers i'm sure as well yeah. like you know you're dealing with the same customer group and and you've bought you've sorry those buyers and those relationships that you have yeah. are really significant significant still, right? You're living in that same ocean as it were, swimming it. in the same pool. And that's how it works with industries, you know, like in consumer packaged goods, it's it's a small industry, they say there's probably, you know, 20, 30,000 people in Toronto that work in it. So it's not that small, but right. I, you know, everyone that's in it, you know, over the yeah. years and you, you develop a, real, a reputation as a, you know, whether a supplier or as a buyer or whatever, right? As on the retail right. side. Uh, and it's a small network, you know, of people that, you know, again, you know, you need to be uh, able to, um, you know, c- create quality, honest co- conversations with folks. And, you know, for me, in, in being able to be successful ultimately in work is building their business, growing their business yes. builds you again, credibility. And, and that's, there's nothing, you know, this is all authentic there, right? You know, it's, it's a great problem to solve. If you're in business, you want to f- fix a, a problem or, or find a solution. And, and when you're able to do that with a customer, it builds incredible trust and, and builds that much stronger relationship than necessarily. Um, I joke about it, asking about their kids or their dog and, and, yes. you know, it gets you so far. But the, the, we're here to do work, and if you're able to help them do their work well, uh, that's going to be a big, uh, a big plus for you and your reputation. Hundred percent, yeah. So it's like, of course, you've got the good rapport building skills. Sure. Everyone likes Jeff. Jeff's a great guy. Sure. And 
that's not how I want to add the value or that's not how I add the value. And that's not how I deliver the results to my customers and my, my, my company and why I got the promotions and the income that I make is because I deliver value. And that's ultimately, and so I go back to those customers and they're like, Oh, I'm happy to see Jeff. He's my friend and he makes me money and he helps me do my job better and helps me win promotions, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Right. That's, that's really what we want. And, and it's, and again, for our leaders, like that's really to be what to be listening for, you know, that's what people want, you know, so, so, and there's skill sets, there's mindsets involved in that. So I know you've already offered some, some quote unquote, you know, mistakes or failures or or challenges or anything, anything else. Cause I always love, cause we do this check, 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 check. Look at this rock star. Oh my gosh. And you are, and, and you were when, when I met you, but, but it's also great for our guys to go and say, here's areas where I fail. Here's mistakes. Here's life lessons. Anything else, Jeff, that you can think of? I think the one area that I carry with me and, um, in my professional, again, with the, it was, in, it was specifically in the UK, um, but it could be anywhere, uh, working with a buyer, you know, was landing on a no win situation. It seemed okay. like, you know, uh, and, and the specifics aren't necessary, aren't that important. It's yes, just that, of course. you know, um, we were trying to get in a new product uh, they wanted us to make a certain amount of money margin on it. And I wasn't able to give them the cost low enough to get there. And, you know, in that instance, we couldn't find, we couldn't, there was an impasse. And, yeah. you know, for me, it was a really big problem, we'll call it, right? I mean, we didn't get this listed. The relationship was impacted. All the things that I said you shouldn't do, right? Um, you know, they didn't like me because I couldn't give them the product for cheap enough price. They were growing yeah. their business because they, you know, I wasn't able to offer them that that item. And and looking back, you know, I, I think what that teaches me is, you know, I was towing the company line with Johnson Johnson at the time. And, you know, you really need to find, and, I, and after the fact, working uh, at Starbucks, really got, got a better lens on, you know, you can change the rules, you know, at times, you know, when, and there isn't ever, I don't think there ever is, has been since that a no win situation. You know, I think you need to look at any angle you can find. Right. And it's, you know, why don't we look at this as a shorter term investment? Let's look, let's relook at this in in a year's time. Uh, You can structure the deal, whatever that is for whatever industry you're in. um, Lots of different ways that, that, you know, at the end of the day, it isn't a one-time transaction and it, it, it's, at times it can be, but generally speaking, it's, it's a bit longer of a, of a relationship you have uh, with people and, you know, everyone's in it to make money. So nobody's wanting giving away anything. For free. Of course. Um, but I think, you know, that was my biggest learning. You know, I got to an impasse. I didn't push it any further and we lost the business. Looking back, I think there is an infinite number of ways you could approach a same problem uh, that may not be just dollars and cents. And, right. and to me, that is is something that, you know, I was able to find always a win-win situation um, to be able to not really stick it to an impasse and or yeah. win-lose. And to me, that was something that I carry with me to, to apply uh, whenever I seem to come up with something that come up against something that, that there isn't a solution towards. I right. think, you know, imagine if I would have put a little bit more effort, worked a little bit harder, gotten a bit more advice um, right. to get a better solution that would work for everybody. Okay. Love it. Love it. No, that's great. And again, one of the things, again, that's unique from our business is that these, so many of the business clients that you have are year over year, over year, over year. So again, once we're selling in that store, we can keep selling in that store and then the business, the volume can grow and all these things so that, you know, like you said, investment, I can invest now and later on it can pay off for the company. Right. So you have to look 
That's you have right. to play a long game, I think, at times. And when you're forced to to be constrained with one like a time period of, you know, say one transaction, yeah, maybe there won't be a win in that exact instance. But if you open up the time horizon, uh, generally that will open up different options you can take. So, so Jeff, how do you keep learning? I know that's something that, you know, early on, that's something I saw in you, but how do you keep learning? What do you do? Um, you know, it's actually, I feel like not, it's almost too, so much easier now, right. With the internet out there and, and, and right. reports and research, you know, for me seemingly at my fingertips and, or being inundated in my industry with different reports from, from major thought leadership type companies. Um, but then, you know, the other things that I've always valued is learning from others, right. Whether it's my wife, right. whether it's, you know, my, my, um, you know, my team. Mm-hmm. Um, or my or my leaders in in the corporate world, uh, or mentors that I've I've uh, established that relationship with, you know I think people the style I prefer is to learn from others and and to hear the stories they have to tell me. Right. So that's definitely you know one of the areas that I continue to keep in touch with those that I respect and and whether they're peers or or subordinates or or whatever else, um, I, I am able to you know take the most out of that relationship and contribute, of course, um, of course no. beyond the the you know the books and studying and and even the internet of things. Um, but ultimately, I think also you learn a lot from doing right. You know. Yeah. Um, so I, I do a lot of differing differing types of roles, and so you know the day to day job experiences uh, enables me to learn a lot of different things. Uh, And I think for me, that's enriching on its own, just being able to, you know, develop your craft. For me, it's, you know, business to find better ways to look at problems, uh, lead people, influence, you know, decision-making and so on. Yeah. And also as well, for our leaders listening, it's like Jeff is feeling enriched by his learning. Jeff is feeling motivated by learning. Jeff is, you know, really values learning, right? And I, and why I want to point that out for people is because that is one of the most important things to get addicted to. Yeah. Get addicted to contribution, get addicted to learning, your life's going to work out great. Just just because, you know, again, it's not like, oh God, I got to learn this. Right? No. Like if, if, yeah. if, if that's popping up for you, leaders, you know, let's send that out. Let's hold yeah. on. Don't, don't be making that choice. And no, of course, we all have that. You know, I, I of was course, terrible yeah, yeah. at science. <laughs> you know, I was just yes. horrible at physics. <laughs> I was done at the end of high school when you, you know, again, your self awareness of what are you good at and what do you really like and do well. Uh, the more yeah. the better you do at something, generally, the better you'll like it. And that's actually something as well to be speaking, really, as well. If you're not interested in what your your work is, then let's find some other work, right? Because there's no question both of us are, you know, really kind of addicted. Like, you know, I'm reading stuff all the time, like again, about leadership, about business, about, you know, and again, I know a lot of the stuff is not going to make me any money whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And I'm just fascinated, right? So it could, but that's not why I'm doing it. So, so that, you know, that's a really great space to be in, right? It's like, no, I just, I just want to get better. I'm interested in getting better. Yeah. And again, it's whatever that is for you, right? It may be learning, it may be something else. Um, but uh, for me, again, I was never the the, the most interested in, in the textbooks of the world. I did yeah. fine in school, but uh, you know, it, it, you got to find what really gets you going, right? And again, the more things you try, the better chance you'll have at finding that, uh, you know, what you like more than the last, right? As a point of comparison. For sure. So when you think back to, you know, sort of, you know, graduating from university and moving into the full-time world, what did you need to change about yourself, Jeff? Um, I guess it's, it's a few things, you know, from, from college university, I think the biggest thing was what there was in the beginning, a bit of, and I say being true to yourself, but at Procter & Gamble, one of the reasons why I left was it's a very strong culture of high-performing people. Um, And I needed, and I remember talking about having a work Jeff and an, and an out of work Jeff, which, you know, Ultimately, the better you can marry that up, the better yes. success you'll have. 
But that was one thing that, you know, you, you know, being, you know, relatively um, emotionally intelligent, you, you see what the norms are. And so even if it's not who you truly are, you need to kind of play that game. So what's important is to identify what's the kind of the social cues and the norms, uh, the things to say and the things to do. Right. Um, and, and that was a bit abnormal, a bit uncomfortable for me to say that, you know, to, to come out of school and and be pretty much whoever you wanted to be. And while you get into the work world, you do need to you need to adapt for sure to for sure to that sort of style and then as you evolve for me you know again it's it's an evolution of communication style so you know again coaching versus managing and just telling people to do things you know that'd be easy yes. to do in your early days uh, which you know there, there is a time and place for that but it's it's really good the evolving your own skills to ask the right questions so yes you know uh, people on your team can find uh, find the solutions for themselves. Really, at the end of the day, Absolutely. then they really get a lot more out of it instead of just doing it for them. So, to me, those are yeah. the two biggest things. Um, you know, the style out of school, from school to into the corporate world, and really being able to coach or rather than lead in a way that's more inspirational than it is yeah. just being prescriptive. You know, it's that's pretty easy to do, and people do that as a default. Um, but the the real fruits are being able to to lead and inspire people to figure it out for themselves. It's so true. Um, there's a great book called Weekly Coaching Conversations. It was written by Brian D'Souza, uh, New York Times bestseller. And it's so funny. Well, first of all, it's great work. And it's talking about the shift from management. Here, do this, do this, do this. And, and that really happens way down the corporate chain to coaching conversations and having right. people discover what is the best thing. And, and for us, it was, it's a really great book because it's, you know, 90% of it just felt like that is what we've been doing, you know, right. in our weekly coaching meetings. And, and just, again, just really, really having people discover building forth, you know, uh, you know, building up, right. Catching some, uh, teaching someone how to fish rather than catching them a fish, Yeah, you know, those, all that, all that space. And, you know, Jeff's right in that it's about questions. It's about asking great questions. It's allowing for so silence so that people can, can find their own answers, right. And being patient. And, uh, you know, those are hard things to do, right. Especially the being patient thing for high, 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 high drivers like us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you struggle with your own areas for sure. Like, uh, you know, or, or not giving that silence. That's really, mm -hmm. really valuable. Like letting them find it in their own time. The answer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely an ongoing, uh, craft that, you know, I think we yes. have better at. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so what key habits would someone, uh, uh want to steal from you if they want to have the success like you have over the last, uh, 15 to 20 years? I guess what I, I guess I've, I've heard other people speak, uh, about my kind of contributions have been uh, in a positive way have, have generally been analytical, you know, being able to, to look at data, you know, that's, a, that's, right. a, that's oftentimes a cost of entry, um, you know, being able to, to collaborate, you know, work in cross-functional right. teams, um, you know, kind of be the bridge uh, between you know, different functions for my world, mm. sales and marketing, thinking they were fairly similar. They're, they're not that similar. Not, not really. Yeah. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, being, finding a way to be a bit diplomatic. Uh, I think that that is, is a real key strength that I've been told. And, and the last piece is communication, right? right. Um, I, I have a long ways to go still. And that's, that's, as you learn, the more, you know, the less, you know, the, the less you really do know, you think, you know, a lot yeah. and, and uh, you know, in being able to be a strong communicator, being concise, and you know that, that is a characteristic that I continually work on. That I think yeah. um, I have a strength for, but also have a long ways to go to be, you know, an excellent orator. For sure, and and it is funny, kind of to me. It's the more you know, the more you know you don't know. Yeah, exactly. So so it's like the wiser and wiser you get, 
the more you recognize, oh my gosh, I just like, <laughs> I'm so struggling, you know, like, yeah, like, like, you know, as I've gone through the decades, I, I'm, I, I feel like more novice and more novice yeah. and more novice. Yeah. So it's you got really, it. It's yeah. Which is a, which is really great as long as you don't take that to, oh, I'm bad or anything no. like that. It's, it's just taking it to, there's more to grow. There's a yeah. longer, higher mountain. Oh, there's another mountain range out there. To I climb. Think you're right. The word I think comes to mind is humility, you know, yes, humility. vulnerability yeah. to some degree. I think that's, yeah. something that you know right out of school that's the last thing on your mind yes <laughs> trying to be as confident you know as 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 powerful and as you know aggressive and climbing the ranks as possible you know you look i look back now and i realize the humility and vulnerability those are priceless uh, characteristics yeah. of a leader yeah. uh, to really get people to rally behind um you know and to believe rather than just to follow your order because you're their boss you know Absolutely. you'll get only so far um, push, for sure pushing that uh, agenda yeah uh, that doesn't work very well especially especially no. again in strong and especially as well in strong organizations like yours mm -hmm. is is that everyone's strong-willed everyone's really bright everyone's you know is very powerful so so again telling people what to do not going to work so well you got it so uh final question jeff when you think of a leader of tomorrow what comes to mind uh a leader of tomorrow i think Needs to be a consensus builder, uh, determined, um, confident, and I add that word humility has a, has an ability to be humble uh, and and be a servant leader. As a lot of you know, new philosophies of leadership have talked about. Those to me are are critical to becoming a you know again well respected um, leader that that people want to follow and not just have to yeah. follow. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's really powerful. Um, I, I so appreciate our conversation today. I know it's going to really, really assist our, our, our leaders and add value uh, to, you know, their day, their learning um, and kind of what's, what's heading out there in the future for them. Yeah. I mean, Chris, you know, you, you can't underestimate, I guess, the impact your, you know, you as a leader have made to me and, and, a, and a hundreds and thousands of students. I'm sure you hear it from time to time, but not often enough. You know, after 17 years of, of that one summer, that faithful summer we spent together, Chris, you know, it's been uh, it's been still a really, um, you know, meaningful part of my life that I look back to and draw strength from. And, uh, you know, I want you to make it I want to be sure that you know that it made a huge impact on my life and, and be and molding me to be the leader that I am today. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm humbled. So. Uh, so thank you. Uh, very, very kind of you to say. It's my pleasure. I only speak the truth, as you know. You betcha. <laughs> I do know that. Yeah. Okay, my friend. Well, you have a fantastic day, and thanks for joining us on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My pleasure. Take care. All the best. Okay, cheers. Bye-bye. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.